I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. He's on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. It is Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian. Joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is the um, inevitable deployment of Smash Mouth All-Star for the morning in which the Grizzlies, um, for the first time in franchise history, have two players in an all-star game. And and Jaron Jackson makes it a fifth Grizzly now in franchise history to be an all-star. Okay, the other three were uh, Mark. The other four. Z- I'm right? sorry. Yeah. So Ja, but then there were Mark, uh, Mark, Mike, and Zebo, right? No, no. No. Mark, Zebo, and Powell. Oh, Mike never made Mike's it. Never made Mike it. made it as a. Did he ever make it? Did he He's make it as jazz. a jazz? Yeah. He made he it as it a with, jazz, right? And Powell, right? Mike did make it as a jazz, but never made it here. That's right. Powell made it multiple times, I think. Um, anyway, so, so uh, well, that was nice. Certainly expected Ja to make it. I think it was surprising um, that Jaron made it. But you are 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 often point out that half the game is defense. And if he's the best defensive player in the league, you can't imagine the best offensive playing player in the league being left off the all-star roster. And uh, it's pretty clear the coaches, I thought, they, in both picking Drew Holiday and Jaron, they were yeah, valuing that point. side of the – they were valuing that part of the, the game. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, Drew, I mean, if there was a surprise on each side, it was Jaron Jackson and Drew Holiday. <clears throat> that is definitely the commonality. Jared Jackson is, uh, you know, arguably the best front court defender in the league this season. And Drew Holiday is arguably the best perimeter defender in the league. Certainly one of the two or three best. They're also both um, number two option, the number two guys on among the best teams in the league. Um, not every number two guy on, on an elite team made it. You know, James Harden, the number two at Philly, did not make it. And, um, Aaron Gordon, who's been the number two for most of this season in Denver, did not make it. But I think I think a combination of that elite defense and then having a big role on one of the league among the league's better teams um, seems to have done it. And then there was no I don't know as we, as we talked about yesterday. I don't know if I'd done the exercise if I would have come up with Jaron in that spot. <laughs> but I think there was like half a dozen guys you could make a case for all reasonably, and he was one of them. <laughs> I mean, I guess the the the, the quote unquote snubs in the in the West were uh, Aaron Gordon, who you mentioned, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker, uh, Anthony Davis, Anthony Anthony Davis, uh, and Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards. I think that's probably that's that's probably it. Um, and and do you think if you had done the exercise right now, you had to pick one of those five, including Jaron? Would you have picked someone else? I don't know. I, I, 
I probably would have, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I think I probably would not have come up with Jaron. Um, although I'm certainly defensible, and I'm glad, right. I'm happy for him that he got picked. And so, you know, that that just goes to goes to show the level of respect he has among right. coaches. Whether he was not an obvious pick to make. Yeah. Um, and then in the East, uh, Drew Holiday makes it among the players who did not: wow. Darius Garland, James Harden, uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam. It, there's a hell of a lot of good players in this league. Uh, is the, the, the is I mean, because a lot of those are quote unquote all star level players. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it's almost hard to think of Jimmy Butler and Pascal Siakam not being on the all star team. But then, like you know, look who made the all star team. Like you know, it, it's, it's not like there's any bum there. And so yeah, it's I, I, I do think I, I do think they should expand either to 13 or 15. I'm, I'm not for like a limitless expansion. Right. But to me, there's the real logic in, in mimicking what actual NBA rosters are. I would not go beyond what an actual NBA right. roster is for an all-star game, but I don't see any reason not to Why mimic an actual size. NBA roster. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> now that the question I had Jason Smith on earlier, and he was just, now he's hoping that Jaron isn't the last one picked in the, uh, in the, yeah. in the, in the draft. He could be. He's probably a good bet for that, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, the bigs are probably the most likely to go um, last, so whatever. Um, it certainly is a, it's a feather in the cap of the, the previous front office, too, isn't it? They got a lot of grief for things, but they, they, they came up with Dylan Brooks, and they came up. Anyone else on the roster? Is it just Jaron and Dylan left on this roster from the – at this point, it's just those two. Kyle Anderson, last year, Kyle Anderson right. had also been, been there, there signing, but now it's, it's those two. Yep. Um, all right, onward to the game. First of all, game itself, before we talk about the Dylan stuff, um, you know, once, once you knew Jaron wasn't playing, knew Steven Adams wasn't playing, they actually hit threes last night. They hit foul shots last night, but uh, I, I think I expected an L, and we got one. Any, other, any further thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's a rough spot to be without both your starting bigs. Right. You know, I, I think you're an underdog at Cleveland, period. Right. But at Cleveland, which is the biggest team in the league, um, even bigger than you, um, to be without both your starting bigs is sort of a rough place to be. I, I think – and so the thing about this rough stretch for the Grizzlies is you could take any any individual game and, like, it's not that big of a deal. But it's when you string them together is when it's a problem. And when there's patterns of problems within that stretch, which clearly there are – um, like those are the concerns. How worrisome is this? Um, like, for example, do you think that we're going to get to a point where we're going to be wondering if the Grizzlies are going to be a, you know, if they, if they lose seven in the next eight, we're going to be, that they may not be hosting a playoff series in the first round. You know, it, it's, it's pretty, they, they wouldn't be. So how, that's all, I guess, how worrisome do you find the collection of issues um, that are besetting the Grizzlies at the moment? I'd be surprised if they dropped that far. In fact, I'd be surprised if they dropped out of the two seed, although it's certainly possible. But I, I, I'd be surprised if that happened. Um, I, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna steady itself. Uh, you know, it, it, they weren't gonna keep winning when they were winning eleven in a row, which which was just like two weeks ago. Um, and then I gotta keep keep doing this. I don't think. I think Stephen Adams being gone is like a real problem. Um, I think what this stretch has shown is that what this season has shown is that the Grizzlies are really, really good when they have most or all of their starting lineup together and, and those players are all playing at their normal levels. 
Um, but when when there are chinks in that armor, and, and in the last couple of weeks, Stephen Adams out. Desmond Bain missed some games, and then you know his first game back didn't look particularly good against Portland. Dylan Brooks been in a huge slump. You know they all they love talking about the next man mentality, next man up mentality, or whatever. But th- this team is not equipped for that to matter as much as it has the past couple of seasons. And when they haven't been right in their starting five, it, they've had real problems. You know b- behind that, and I think that looms in, through good times and bad. That has loomed as a real concern projecting into playoff basketball. Is it a was it a mistake by the front office to you know we talked about all these young players, all these rookies, and to build the roster the way they did without more experienced uh, bench effective bench players? It's sort of like they count on their ability to find players in the rough, like John Conchar, and elevate him up the rotation. They count on the ability to find and develop players like Zaire Williams, um, and for whatever reason, these things haven't worked. I don't want to call it arrogance; that's too much. Like, but but. It was it a mistake on the part of the front office not to do more to bolster the depth on this team? Yeah, I mean, I said before the season started, I thought they were a player short in the sense of, you know, you let you let you let go or trade, but but you part ways with Kyrie Anderson and Anthony Mountain, two of your two better bench players, and to me, they should have replaced them with one um, better better bench player they could count on, um, at least one, right? And so. I think I think they larded their roster with too many. They have five first and second year players who are unproven going coming into the season. One of those is Santiago Dama's been really good, but that's five. And then you had a six roster spot with Danny Green, who's been unavailable for all but one game so far. Right. And I think it's one thing when you're in a rebuilding situation. I mean, the more the more darts you have to throw, the more likely you are right. to bullseye right to find the next Desmond Bain. I think when you're rebuilding, it's easier to have a lot of a lot of developmental players on your roster when you're trying to win big and you have a third of your roster, like in that sort of uncertain space, I think it becomes a problem. And I think it has become a problem this season. So I think, you know, trying to balance, you know, developing the next guys with making sure you have enough proven guys to win at the highest level can be tricky. And I think this season's roster, as I said, before they played a single game, I think this season's roster is a little bit too tilted to the unproven. Uh, what did you make of the Dylan Brooks, Donovan Mitchell fracas? Um, I, I think that, I think what Dylan did was likely intentional. Um, I think there's enough plausible deniability there that I, I saw people on Twitter, like throwing around 10 game suspension. Like I can't imagine something of that magnitude for something that there is at least a, 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 a small sliver of a doubt that he, he was thrown to the floor and he's flopping around or whatever. Again, I think it was likely intentional, and so I'm not mounting some vigorous defense. But I do, I'd be surprised if there was some more than one or two games that came out of it. Um, I don't think it was a good look. I, I think this Grizzlies team has had a little bit too much noise all season, and that was more of it. Um, and, you know, not that they were necessarily looking to trade Dylan Brooks. My, my, my best intel is that they were definitely not. But we're at the point a week before the trade deadline to have the worst month you've had in four years, and then this is a cherry on top is really, you know, if you if you were going to trade Dylan Brooks, this would, this would be a sell low situation, and so there is that aspect of it. You don't think it changes the likelihood one way or another, do you? No, well, no, I, I do wonder if it changes if there were a deal, and there's obviously one deal we've been talking about for a month. <laughs> If there were a deal that might potentially involve a Dylan Brooks, I, does it color 
you know, whether he has value in that deal beyond his value of an expiring contract. I think it might th- that. I don't think it changes the Grizzlies' general attitude about what they're trying to do or not do. No. Do you think Dylan Brooks is a net positive on this team? Um, I think over the course of his career, he has been. Over the course of this season as a whole, he has been. In the past months, he has not been. Um, I, I, I think I would, I would be interested in upgrading Dylan Brooks' spot on the roster. And, and that's why I've been an advocate for trying to get Ananobi if he's available. Um, I am not yet at the I – don't, I don't at this point believe in addition by subtraction with Dylan Brooks. The idea of like, you know, to me that's what – if you say he's a net negative, that means you take him away, that right. makes you better. I don't believe that, like at all. I don't think the guys they have behind him – the guys they have behind him, behind him are struggling to play 10 minutes of, positive, of good basketball right. off the bench, much less start. And so I, I, I value what Dylan Brooks – the role he plays defensively very highly – um, I, I would be interested in trying to upgrade that spot with someone who to, who could play a similar role but be a better total player. And so I wouldn't say he's a net negative just because to me that implies you take him away that that makes things better. And I don't think that's the case. Not with not with this roster. Have you seen, by the way, any real reporting yet on the uh, on the on, on the Grizzlies and the trade deadline? I mean, other than it's speculation, really hard, it's hard yeah. to tell. It's hard to tell at this point what's real reporting and what's not, right? Like, like you listen. I was listening to this is new podcast that Mark Stein has with Chris Haynes, and that made headlines yesterday because Chris Haynes says on the podcast that you know the Grizzlies don't want the Pelicans to get OG Ananobi, and the Pelicans don't want the Grizzlies to get OG Ananobi, and so implication being they're like, like they're, there's a bidding war or whatever there. Well, he says that in a way that's like just an assertion, right? Like this is this right. is a fact, but he doesn't say according to blah blah blah. And right. so I, you know, and I'm not saying I've never like it gets real tricky when you hear stuff and who you hear it from and how you can say it and all of that. And so that may be that may come from a good source and it may not. And I really don't know. Or he There's may, he may just, seems, just he could just be saying logic. Suppose I. Logically, they wouldn't would not want that. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. yeah. No, that that's why that's why there's nothing I have heard or read that nothing's going to be on the record according to so and so executive. Right. But there's nothing I've heard or read that seems strong, even strongly implied that it is coming from someone with direct knowledge of things, other than like other. And people, have you heard the Grizzlies speculating? Have you heard the Grizzlies connected to any other player? No, no, not at all. I, that's why it's hard, you know I, I for, for for my own self my own self for, for me I I'll be I mean I gotta acknowledge I'm reading tea leaves I I'm sort right. of guessing based on mostly public record I do have some sliver of of hints and hunches about things beyond that but it's it's very very I mean the two things I've said are that I think Ananobi's going to get traded and I think if he's available the Grizzlies will be, will be among teams making an offer. I feel both of those things. I feel pretty good about both of those things, but I don't know those things to be true. I, I know no one has told me directly that both those things are true, but I have, I have enough sort of, you know, puzzle pieces around that. I think those two things are true, but that's not really saying much. And beyond that, I don't know. Dylan Brooks a dirty player. Maybe he's certainly a, a reckless player. I think he's a player who plays on the edge. I think you could say he's a player that maybe has some impulse control issues. I don't think, um, you know, we had we have these two incidents now in the past year. There's this one with Donovan Mitchell, which I, I, I ascribe intent to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the one against Gary Payton in the playoffs, I don't ascribe intent to. I think he was just – I was there in the building right in front of it. And he was just charging hard. He missed a shot. He was frustrated. He was charging as hard as he can he could to try to break up the layup at the other end. Right. And I think he lost control of his body, and I think he meant to foul him, but he did not meant to hit him in the back of the head and knock him to the floor. I, I don't think that was an intent to, for the play to have that effect. I'm almost positive of that. But it was a reckless play. It was a play that warranted the suspension he got. But, but, but before those two things, unless I missed something, I can't think of another incident where Dylan Brooks was suspended for any kind of play on the floor. I can't even remember a lot of flagrant fouls he's had. He's had a lot of technical fouls. But I don't think he's even had a, a lot of flagrant fouls. And so that's why I'm a little reluctant to call him a dirty player. Although I would not, if someone else were to, were to say that, I would not mount a vigorous defense on the matter. And then you said um, that you think there's been a little bit too much noise coming from the Grizzlies. Uh, and there has well, been. Just, a, just around the Grizzlies, right? right? Some, some of it's tea and just the sharp them, stuff, right? all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, right. Does it actually hurt them in any way or just in terms of perception when they don't win games, people can tell them to shut up and play like Charles Barkley did last night? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's hard to know for certain, what, you know, how much that stuff sort of gets to you, right? Like I, I am of the belief, as I wrote at the time, that the, the Christmas Day loss to the Warriors got to them and I think it carried over to the next game they played. I think there are people in the franchise that believe that. I think Taylor Jenkins has made that pretty clear without explicitly saying it, uh, that, that he really had issues with the way they played in that game. Um, so I do think there's something to I, – I, I think the answer is probably yes, but I don't think it, – it's hard to definitively say so. But I do think there's something, there's something to that. And I just think it gets tiresome after a while. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, we lost a panda, Chris. Um, and, uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I don't, I, I, I'll confess. I haven't read the stories. I don't know what the life expectancy of pandas is. So I don't know if that's an unusual situation or not. Well, I, I, I'm here for you. Um, okay. the life expectancy of a panda, um, in captivity is 30 years. The life expectancy of a camp panda in the wild is 15 to 20 years. I think dying at 25 I think, yeah, I think yeah, it's okay. I think that's not, yeah. I don't think it's a bad look for the zoo, although there are the panda protesters who are going to claim, obviously, that they murdered her. Um, is it her or him? Hey, her. Her. I think it's a her. Um, did you, you like the panda exhibit, but you were not, in fact, a va- and you're, you're a fan of the zoo, and you like the whole deal over there. What was it you like? The red, but you, you're, the pandas, you can give or take? What's your view on pandas? I think the pandas weren't that interesting after a while once the novelty wore off. I, I think I think bears in general are good. I think I think most of the other bears at the zoo were more interesting to look at than the pandas. Yeah. All right, Chris, I appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.